Sooner Nation, Longhorn fans, welcome to episode 57 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. I'm John Whitson. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. It's 4th of July weekend. I'm about to go to the air show and watch the Blue Angels. This weekend has you dripping with a patriotism. Kevin, have you ever seen the Blue Angels before? I have not. I have not seen the Blue Angels. Only on video, not in person. You're missing out. You're missing out. Uh, have you seen the Thunderbirds perform? I have, actually. I live, when I lived in Colorado Springs, they would uh, do a lot of things out there. And when the Air Force Academy would have their graduation, they would come through there. So it was always cool to see, super loud. It's awesome, man. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, we're going to be out there uh, today. Kevin, do you know which plane the Thunderbirds fly and which plane the uh, the uh, Blue Angels fly? Are you that kind of fan of American military uh, history? I'm not. Is it the F? Is one of them the F-16? Yes, it is. The F-16 Falcon okay. fl- flown by the uh, Air Force. Um, and then the F-18 Hornet is the Blue Angels. And for popular culture, that is the plane that is featured in the latest Top Gun Maverick movie. So there you go. Both pretty good very movie. Well, dude, I've watched it like four times already. I love that movie. Both planes, though, interestingly enough, are... I mean, that's like technology from the 80s. So I find that fascinating that those are still the premier um, show planes from both the Air Force and the Navy. Anyway, I digress. Hold on, real quick, real, real quick, before, sure. we, before we jump off this. Are we currently using the F-22? Is it the Raptor? Is that what we're using now? We use the, F-20, we use the F-22 and I believe the F-35. I think both okay. of those. I think both. I think, um, I think the Raptor is used by both the Air Force and the Navy. So, hey. If you're out there and you know, please hit us up in the comments. I don't want to speak out of turn. When I was a kid, I was all over this stuff. I was all over the names of planes and their capabilities and their mock speeds and all. I had a dream that I was going to be a pilot. Uh, my grandfather was a pilot back in the day, right? Oh, dude, with the swoop wings, bring them in, bring them out. Yeah. F-15 Eagle, uh, all the yeah, no, all the planes. F-18, F-16. F-16 is featured in Iron Eagle. Probably my favorite movie as a kid growing up. So, yeah, no, listen, I was all about it, I, you know, but but also when I was a kid, I can name the starting lineup of every NBA team. And now I can't even name the starters for the Thunder. You know, it's just insane. Hey, listen, we'll get into this later, but we're going to talk about the Thunder later and, and what I think they're going to be next year. Because we're going to talk about a little bit I know. of free agency. So I like the I like the pick up. They got a, like a EuroLeague MVP. Who's that guy? Man, look, their team already is stacked. I think so. I think so. Now, I wish they would have gone with more shooters in the draft, or at least one shooter. I contend that that has been the issue for the Thunder since they moved to Oklahoma City is they don't have a sharpshooter. They just don't have a guy that they can count on hitting threes consistently. Um, And that's been the case going all the way back to when, when we had Harden and Durant and Westbrook. We just didn't have that. You know, I always think yeah, of it as the white out there. Yeah, I always think John of it as just John Paxson, John Paxson, JJ Redick, um, you know what, Steve Kerr, whatever the case may be. We just don't have that sharpshooter. You know, for the uh, well, you know, the in, in my mind, the modern day sharpshooter is Clay Thompson. Like that guy's yeah. a, 
he, he he'll go to the basket every once in a while, but he's no, I mean, he's, he camps out the three point line and just buries it, yeah. you know, and it's just anyway. Um, golly, we just jumped right in there. Hey, real quick. I want to take some time, Kevin. I want to, I want to, let's put a pause on the NBA talk. We'll come back to it. Um, Alice and I went to a event with among friends in Norman. You were on vacation, but that's okay. But uh, our whole company did. And Alice met one of our super fans. Did you know we had super fans, Kevin? I did not. Who was a super fan? Uh, Alice was talking with Victor Long. Victor Long is a pretty cool dude. She said he was great. She said he listens to the, the podcast and listens to me on the radio. And she, the problem was she didn't tell me any of this until we were in the car on the way home. She's like, wasn't Victor awesome? I'm like, Victor who? She said, Victor Long. And I'm like, I don't know who Victor Long is. And she said, uh, he listens to you on the radio and on your podcast. And he's like a super fan. And I said, how many super fans do you think I have that you couldn't come and get me so I could introduce myself and say, thank you for being a super fan. So anyway, shout out to Victor Long. You are in the super fan club and we appreciate you listening. Kevin. Um, what do you think about OU's latest news with losing Thad Turnipseed? Are you caught up on any of this? You know, I heard about it. It seems a little weird. What, what do you know about this? You're the OU insider, right? Uh, I don't know much. Let me, for the uh, casual fan, all the soccer moms out there that are listening to us and soccer dads, uh, let me just frame who Thad Turnipseed is, okay? He's basically, he was hired by Brent Venables. He was brought from Clemson. He had been at Clemson for nine years. Prior to that, he was at Alabama for 11 years. So he's worked with Nick Saban. He's worked with Dabo Sweeney. He's developed those into two of the premier modern programs. Although, you know, Alabama brings all that history, but still the modern programs of today. I mean, they are the premier programs, them, Georgia, but you know, you get what I'm saying. They're not even relying on old blue blood status. They are, they're top of the line. From facilities, infrastructure, uh, just the way the program's laid out, uh, long-term planning. Uh, so we brought that turn. See, that was a big selling point to getting Brent Venables is that he was bringing this guy along. And it, essentially, I would say he's in charge. He was in charge of he's, – he's almost like a general manager in the sense that he was in charge of everything except football, Right. So you're too old stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, all of that stuff. And so uh, I find it interesting. I was doing some research on a, uh, on the Oklahoma breakdown, Gabe and Teddy's podcast. He claimed that he had 15 to 17 years left to work and that he expected OU to be the next great dynasty. Okay. And his main job, at least initially was the conception and execution of the $175 million football operations building. All right? Okay. My point is, he's only with us for a year and a half. We've got this guy, have a lot of uh, expectations for, and now he's gone. It just seems weird to me. I don't understand what the heck happened. Yeah, it, it seems very odd. And the timing of it, you know, getting ready to go into the season two. I mean, it's got to be more to it, right? Well, and I guess the the plans for the the football operations building leaked at the same time as as kind of this announcement. The build, check it out online, guys. The building just looks amazing. I think it's really going to help other sports as well. 
because you're going to free up a lot of the other facilities for other sports. Um, I've heard complaints from who will go unnamed uh, that some of our premier programs, I'm thinking about women's gymnastics, don't have the best facilities. In some cases, some of the worst facilities. And Oklahoma Gymnastics is the best program in the country. They should be that they should be in a palace when they're getting ready for a, a meet. Uh, so you would think that some of this would kind of trickle its way down and you, you, you upgrade all the facilities. But I just find it odd. Now, as a football fan, I wasn't expecting Turnip Seed to make any tackles or throw any touchdowns or make a block or even hold a kick on an extra point, right? So I don't know how much this affects the product on the field. But long-term, I really feel like it's going to have an effect on the program. And I just wonder what the contingency is for Castiglione and Brent Venables to kind of fill this gap that's clearly needed heading into the SEC. Well, you know, I think the thing about OU football over the last 20 years or so has been the model of stability really throughout college football. Right. You've all, you have the same staff in place from the top with the president, with the AD, with the head coach, with Stoops. And then even with Lincoln Riley, it was a smooth transition because it was just him. He was already on staff. So right. everything has just gone really smoothly. I think that's been a big part of OU's success. Right. Starting from the top. So for this to happen, it just seems very un OU like. That's you know what? That's a good point, Kevin. I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. We're just not used to that level of turnover. I mean. Now, again, did we know what he did or are we going to see the evidence of that on the field? I don't think so. I don't think this impacts. I don't think a recruit is not coming to Oklahoma because Tad Turnipseed's not there. But his impact clearly felt at Alabama, clearly felt at Clemson. You had the expectation of feeling it here at Oklahoma. Losing that, I, it's, it's just, I think it's safe to say it's not great news, right? I think it's safe to say that. Right, correct. Uh, but as we find out more, the Boomer Bevo podcast, we'll make sure and bring that to you. And um, But let's move on. Recruiting. For the Texas fan out there, give us the latest in recruiting news from the University of Texas. Yeah, so they had a big day. A big day yesterday. Three commitments, okay? Uh, starting off, Parker Livingstone, he's a four-star receiver out of the Dallas area, okay? Uh, six foot four, about 190 pounds. Uh, pretty big recruit. They've been recruiting him for a while. I know he had offers from uh, OU and I believe LSU was after him as well. So he jumped on board yesterday. We also got a uh, commitment from a defensive tackle named Alex January out of Duncanville, Texas. Uh, Huge high school program down there in South Dallas. If you look at both of our rosters, you know, we've got players from Duncanville. Really one of the top schools in the country when it comes to producing talent. So he's a big defensive tackle listed at 6'5", 320 pounds. His dad actually played at Texas back in the day. So um, he chose Texas over LSU. He's a uh, high three-star player. And third, we had a uh, commitment from a safety, Jordan Johnson Rubel. He plays for IMG Academy in Florida. However, he is from the Fort Worth area. So, um, Again, chose Texas over AM and LSU. So you got a couple of I you got a couple of IMG guys, don't you? Um let's see. I'm seeing I'm seeing Jared, yeah, Jared Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, Jared Gibson, the running back. He committed last week. Um, yeah, running back from there. He's actually originally from Gainesville, Florida, but uh plays at IMG now. So uh okay. he chose Texas over the Florida Gators. So it was a slow start 
for Texas. Now, when I, I'm looking at uh, 24-7, and that's the one that we've typically used to kind of stay consistent is the 24-7 football ranking, uh, the 24-class ranking. And it is showing 49th. Is that? Yeah, we started off there. I, I don't know if they've updated that because I know we were in the 40s. Okay. Uh, so you might have bumped up. I don't know if yeah, I know, like, on, let's see. Yeah, I got to see if they've updated it. Because it's got Livingstone in there. Does it? Okay. It has Livingstone yeah. and Jordan Johnson Rebel. Okay, and it still shows 48, huh? 49. 49, okay. Interesting, interesting. Well, I, don't know. I was going to... Go for it, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I was concerned about Oklahoma when I got when we were preparing for the podcast and I was on there. I'm like, Oklahoma's at 32 again, like way low, you know, at the beginning of the summer, like we were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you know, you didn't. Texas was riding high all year last year, right? Because you had the Arch Manning recruit at the top of the list, which just skewed all your numbers up. Um, and so you were always in the top five, right? So you never were questioning where y'all were every time you added somebody it just maintained your position is it feel weird kind of having a reverse kind of having a, almost like an oklahoma like ranking and recruiting this uh late in the cycle you know not right now I, i'm not concerned everything i'm hearing is that they're in it for a lot of big players and i've heard they've got some a few silent commitments out there guys who were actually committed to the staff just haven't announced publicly so no huh from what i'm hearing it, it's going to be good I think we'll be fine. I think OU will be fine too. Now, who are we? Who are we competing against? You talk about big commits. Who, who are we? Who are we going head to head on? Okay, there's a kid out of California, and let me. I'm trying to pull up his profile now. Uh, Brandon Baker. He's from uh, Southern California, and I know he is considering both uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Big offensive is you, tackle. Is USC on that list? Yes, that he's considering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, USC. you know those Southern California kids, man. You know, I hope one. I hope one of us gets him so Lincoln Riley doesn't. That's almost as much, which is insane. I, I I don't want Texas to win anything, but if it's a if it's a battle against USC, I, I might you know, say I've, go ahead. And I, I've actually noticed that from your fan base. Okay, when look, the the Latrell McCutcheon thing. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah, what an idiot! What is okay, he doing? So and his dad and his dad's worse. His dad's worse. I don't know much about him. I just I know he's an Austin area kid. Went to OU, pretty much started, played a lot as a true freshman. Played a lot, and then transferred. Yeah, followed Lincoln to USC, well, and now he's in the. But in the year that he was playing, his dad would put put the Oklahoma coaching staff then under Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch on blast for not playing oh, them enough, not playing them in the right spots. They don't know what they're doing. Their coaching's holding them back. All this kind of stuff, which. It, Hey, dude, I agreed with you on that. Like, I agree with you. That's fine. I don't think you go put it out on Twitter when your son's in this, you know, still there. Playing time. I, yeah, I kind of think you just kind of keep it to yourself or, but whatever he did, he put it, he put the Oklahoma coaching staff on blast. And then when Lincoln Riley left, then McCutcheon follows him there. So it's like, okay, how bad was it that you had to go on blast and blast him for it? And then yeah, you follow him. him to... And then you don't even make it. Now he's at Houston. You saw that McCutcheon's at Houston. Yeah, so I, I saw a lot of OU fans and several OU fans was like, oh, Xavier Worthy is going to destroy him again. <laughs> Basically hoping that Xavier Worthy goes off on the Trail McCutcheon like he did in the in 2021 game. 
Well, here's the problem. Okay, well, okay. I guess the enemy is that the enemy of my enemy type deal, or what is that? Uh, yes, I, here's the deal, right? When it comes to oh, man, I didn't expect it to talk Lincoln Riley psychology today, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try to explain this. Okay, Oklahoma. Mm, listen, I and I'm subject to this too. Okay, everything I'm saying is stuff that I've dealt with a professional therapist for years and years. Okay, so I'm not full disclosure. You're, the veil is being torn open. Um, we. People in Oklahoma, of course, do we have just little inferiority complex, right? We're not big, bad Texas. Um, we're, you know, we're like a, a glorified suburb of Dallas. And sometimes it feels that way, right? So it's just, we appreciate loyalty more than anything else in the world. Loyalty, okay? From as, and, mm-hmm. and when it comes to our sports stars, more than anything. Kevin Durant leaving just crushed us, crushed us. Because we thought he was loyal, right? I still, to this day, defend Russell Westbrook as a great basketball player. Even all evidence to the contrary over the last four years says he is a terrible teammate and player. Doesn't matter. He's the one that stayed. He's the one that saved the franchise, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, the same thing exists with Lincoln Riley. See, Texas never betrayed us. There's no, there's no, they were never disloyal. They just happened to be Texas. So we hate you. We don't like you. We want to beat you. But there's not that betrayal there. Okay? There's not that betrayal. Lincoln Riley betrayed us for USC, and it stings. Now, when I say I want Texas to win a recruiting battle, let me be very clear. I would like Texas to win the recruiting battle only for the kid to then transfer like a year later. Okay? So just keep that in mind. I'm not looking for like long-term success from this kid. I just don't want him to have any success at USC. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. And I, you know, I've already known that about you guys. I was talking to my wife about that last night. We were uh, downtown having dinner, and we were talking about the Thunder, and you know, going to some games next year, and seeing Phoenix. I was like, so you can go and boo Kevin Durant, even though it's I boo him so loud. I boo him so loud in six, seven years. You know, I'm like, you guys got to get over it for your own sake. No, not for him. Right? You never have to like him. You don't have to support him, but for your own. For your own well-being, you got to move on. Same with Lincoln Riley. It's the hate fire, right, that rests in our soul to keep that propels people like me and Casey forward. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to, we need the hate fire, and that Kevin Durant is hate fire. Lincoln Riley is hate fire. Here's the thing, which I've always found fascinating, is when uh, Daryl Royal, who was a fantastic quarterback for Oklahoma, played under Bud Wilkins Wilkinson, and then ends up as the head coach at Texas. I can't even imagine what Twitter would have been like in the 1960s when he took over the head coaching job in Texas. Yeah, it would have been unreal. There's no. Oh, I mean, I can't even. Right. Oh, oh. I mean, listen, Sark was considering bringing in Mike Stoops as defensive coordinator for Texas when he got the job because they became close in the Alabama staff. And there was the, no way. The fans were like, no way, man. No. And I think the Del County had to tell him, you can't bring Mike Stoops with you, man. And see, and okay, and that's the respect I have for Texas. They understand what we're talking about here. Like, no, we're not. No, you know, no. Yeah. Not only did Mike Stoop suck as a defensive coordinator, but he's a, he's from Oklahoma. You don't bring in an Oklahoma, yeah. the, the the brother of the Although, you know one of the best coaches. What's that? Correct. Now, if Lincoln, if Lincoln Riley wanted to become head coach at University of Texas, you know, I don't know if I that's see. That's exactly see, and that's a Texas fan for you. You know why? Because you enjoy eleven and two. 11-2 is all Texas fan wants. 
Texas fan lives for eleven and two. If y'all can go eleven and two, I think he can get better. and lose to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl, y'all would be thrilled. Y'all would call it a great season. You'd be hanging back. That's Texas fan right there because you don't have that hate fire, Kevin. That's the difference right there. When's the last Everybody, time? I am. I'm gonna. If I knew how to do it, I would screenshot him saying he would take Lincoln Riley as his coach because that encapsulates Texas fan right there. Y'all, y'all would. Y- y'all would take him back. Are you freaking kidding me? No freaking way. Yes. Listen, this is a child safe. This is a child safe podcast. I am this close to having to figure out how to hit a mute button. I'm going to hit it right now. I'm going to hit it. No way. No way. No way. No way. So even if it doesn't work out with, uh, with BV. Well, listen, dude, if he doesn't, I'm not not saying, I'm not saying you'll take him back. Lincoln Riley, but you don't miss him a little bit. Um, if I had to be completely objective, I miss the offensive talent that he would bring in. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously Caleb Williams just won the Heisman and provided Oklahoma fans the greatest sports memory or moment of their lives uh, live at the Cotton Bowl in 2021. I will miss that moment, but no, I don't miss Lincoln Riley. I I just don't think that he develops the kind of program that it takes to win a national championship. You know, okay. guys like call, guys like. Do you ever get one? No, no, they don't, they, they, they don't play defense. They don't. You know, Colin Coward will get on the air and he'll say, "Oh, Oklahoma's really missed the boat. Look, young offensive mind, blah 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 blah." Pete Carroll was a defensive guy at USC. Pete Carroll had amazing defenses at USC. Okay, when Oklahoma won a championship all those years ago, it was defense. Yes, y'all had Vince Young, but y'all were loaded at defense. Alabama's mm-hmm. teams. Defensively, Georgia team. Georgia, he had a chance at Justin Fields, and he went with uh, whatever the guy, guy's Jake name Fromm. is, Jake Fromm, and won a, and won a national championship. So, no, you it's he doesn't have what it takes to push a team over the edge. They're gonna they they will continue to score a lot of points. They will continue to razzle dazzle, and they'll win enough games that he'll be an offensive guru. But they don't win. A, they don't build programs. He won't build a program to win a national championship. All right. You I've already given Lincoln Riley enough of my life. Real, real quick, before we move on, I was surprised he brought Grinch with him. I thought he'd, he'd start fresh with a new defensive staff. He went with a comfort hire. I don't like when coaches do the comfort hire thing. No, he went with a comfort hire and for no reason. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like he had a blank just... check. He said, bring it whoever you want. And he brought, you know, the guy who was already there. And it, maybe yeah, it's it... a weird loyalty thing. And coaches are like that, you know? But nah, man. Get somebody else. No. Get, get, get loyalty. Loyalty. Loyalty will kill you in sports sometimes. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you if if you wait too long to make a decision, which is what I think happened with Mike Stoops. I think he felt tied to Mike Stoops that he had to keep him as long as he did. He should have made a change yeah. after that first year. Now, with that, I think he had he did have some – I thought he had external pressure. With, you know, him taking the job from Bob, being pretty much – you know, Bob wanted him to be the head coach. Right. I so it was like, no, I no, I agree. Hire his brother instantly. So, you know, no, I, I had know. to. I, agree. I think he had to wait till he had to do that. So, anyway, all right. Uh, as it relates to OU recruiting, our big get from the past couple of days is Ivan Carrion out of Odessa, Texas. He was previously committed to Texas Tech. He's a top fifteen rec- uh, wide receiver recruit in the country. Get this, Kevin. 
196. Is that a specimen or what? For sure. For sure, man. And Tech is doing a pretty good job on the recruiting trail this year. So to get a flip from, from them, it means more than it would have a couple years ago. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, is this a direct? No high feel about Joey McGuire. Yeah, but is this a direct reflection on uh, Emmett Jones, the, right, the new wide receiver coach that we took from? I'm sure, man. That dude's great. He's a, he's a top recruiter. He's one of the top recruiters in the country, especially at the wide receiver coach position. Listen, I think your recruiting is going fine. And I just looked on 24-7, and it looks like they updated the rankings, and Texas is 32, OU is 33 right now. Oh, did I miss just in the time that we've been talking? I don't know. I just, When I went on there and looked at the rankings, yeah, they had Texas 32 and OU 33. This is breaking news. Breaking news on the Boomer. At a, at breaking a, news on the Boomer Vivo podcast because, Kevin, seriously, it, it, that's in the time that we talked about it. Because I just wow. just refreshed. That's crazy. Okay. Well, but still, I mean, neither one of us can be thrilled about 32 or 30. But I, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's still we're getting the, I, I'm, I'm truly not in the least concerned right now. I'll tell you what concerns me for Oklahoma is not getting, I think, not getting Cooper Alexander out of Washington, a legacy four-star tight end whose dad was a really, really, really good player for us and a good player in the NFL. That's concerning to me that we can't pull that kid in from just down the street in Norman, Oklahoma. I, I just hate that. It makes me it makes me queasy. What do you think happened there? I, oh, what's the guy's name Where at Iowa State? I, Iowa State. Iowa State. Well, Matt Campbell? Iowa State? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think really I think interesting. That, well, I mean, you got the Charlie Kolar situation, right? It's Charlie Kolar, right? The the tight end there that was from Norman. Yeah, uh-huh, from Norman North. Yeah, Norman North. And, mm-hmm. and and I I'm sure Matt Campbell's a good recruiter. This is nothing against Iowa State at all. I'm not I'm not saying why'd you pick Iowa State. It's just I did it's like those are this those are the players where I feel like Oklahoma and Texas, when they're in your backyard, when they're legacy, and when they're high recruits, you don't have an excuse. I don't think you have an excuse for not getting them. Like, did we no, wait no. too long? Go ahead. Yeah, it was like Texas with the Brockermeyer twins, right? They had Blake Brockermeyer was an All-American offensive lineman in the 1990s, and his sons had twin boys. One was a five-star tackle. The other one was a four-star center. And, I mean – from Dallas, had been spent their whole life going to Texas games. But, I mean, they didn't go to Texas, but at least they went to Alabama. You know, I could see, yeah. you know, at least you can understand it somewhat. I mean, especially it was, it was Tom Herman, right? He was kind of a clown in some ways. So I understood them going to Alabama as much as it hurt to lose a legacy. But it's interesting when that kid chooses Iowa State over over OU when he has offered and he's, an, and he's a legacy, which is – it's wow. weird. It's I don't know. I don't like it. It's it's weird to me. Um, uh, other in-state talent though, we did get Xavier Robertson, uh, Robinson out of um, out of Carl Albert. Carl Albert. Yeah. Uh, he's only a three-star, but the measurables are good. Six two two twenty. Video looks great. You know, running back's one of those positions where if you can run the ball, dude, and you can get open. You're you know, 
it will we'll take it. So I, I like that getting that kind of, it's only a three star. I'm not getting, you know, fired up, but I guess DeMarco Murray is just in on some fantastic running backs and he might take two or three in this cycle. Well, the one guy that I would be really excited about is Caden Durham. Also from Duncanville. We talked about the Texas commit Alex January from Duncanville. He's from the same high school. And this guy, he's originally from Moore. I think he grew up in Moore and then moved to, to Duncanville when he was in the eighth grade. This guy's a, a track star. He's one of the fastest players in the state of Texas. I think he ran a 10-2, 100 meters. And he has great production, too. He hasn't committed yet, but it seems like it's only a matter of time. For some reason, Texas has not been all in on him. And I don't they already have two running backs committed now. So I guess you know they they made the choice. But I if I'm Texas, I would be all in on this guy because again, you don't get that kind of speed often. And he's productive productive too. It's not just, hey, maybe he can be a good running back. He's been a good running back for one of the premier programs in the state of Texas. And like I said, he has blinding speed. So I guess I have heard about the Caden Durham. I know that we're we're in on that, and I think there's crystal balls or future casts or whatever the latest term is for him. But what about the kid that uh, Lincoln Riley, the two star, the two sport athlete from that was gonna go to USC? Um, that that De- Demarco Murray, it looks like he's poached from USC or at least got them to decommit. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, not exactly. Do you know his name? Well, of course not. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> I don't. Let me check. I'm, yeah, I'm typing USC decommit running back. See if I can find a name for you. Well, I think we, DeMarco Murray knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, right? He was a fantastic player. Now that he's proven to be a good running backs coach and a good um, and a good recruiter too. Um, and he's loyal because you know Lincoln Riley offered him to come. You know he could, and you know he would have killed it at USC. Are you he kidding me? Demarco yeah. Murray's got that personality. He's got the yeah. vibe. He's got the he's got the uh, NFL pedigree. He would have mm-hmm. killed it at USC. And so that's just another example of, of the loyalty that we appreciate. One other, I've always respected oh, uh, him because he had he had to change his game. Remember, he when he first got to OU, he was just one of these guys, just super speed, right? Yeah, his first spring, in his first spring game, he took a, a touchdown back. Yeah, to, yeah. I remember took, his first game against Texas in 2000, 2007. He had that yeah, big, one, you know, one of the great runs. Of, yeah, run. one of the great runs yeah. in the rivalry. Absolutely. And, you know, then he you know hurt his knee. He had a couple of bad knee injuries, and then he kind of had to alter his game and still ended up being a great player and then got to the NFL and had a great NFL career. So he's just a guy I've got a lot of respect for his story. Oh, man, he was great with the Cowboys. He was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you make of this offensive lineman, Aaron Parks, for us that entered the transfer portal and has now pulled his name back out of the transfer portal and he's back with us? I heard about that. You know, you just never know what's going on behind the scenes with these guys, right? It could have been a family issue. It could have been maybe he thought he wasn't going to be able to play. Have you heard anything specific? I, no, no. I just, this is, no. I, and I just saw it today. I almost think it's a Schmitty issue, like having to just work as hard as you are in the middle of the summer. Probably you're like, dude, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I put a fork in me, like I, I'm going to go somewhere else. But, you know, it, it, you know, I'll take the kid back. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think the, 
I think the transfer portal is is odd, but uh, just because a kid enters it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean anything. And clearly, we right. uh, want the kid back. Yeah, uh, speaking, take your options. Right. Speaking of of transfer portals and people leaving, what do you think about these ESPN layoffs from this weekend? You know, it was really surprising looking at that list. You know, it makes you wonder what goes into their decisions with some of these guys. Well, it makes me wonder, too. Okay, so the reason this is relevant to the um, Boomer Bebo podcast not that anything has to be relevant for you and I to talk about something, but the reason this is relevant is because the SEC is going to hold the contract. I mean, the ESPN is going to hold the contract for the SEC starting in 2024. So what was previously uh, CBS primetime game at 2.30 in the afternoon is now going to be an ESPN time slot. Um, all your night games will be at ESPN. I mean, basically, basically we're going to be on ESPN. We're either going to be on Plus or ESPN, right? Yeah. Unless we're playing a Big Ten opponent where uh, Fox wins the right. I mean, I think maybe thinking of maybe like Texas, Michigan, that could be a big 10 game, but for the most part, yeah. But for the most part, we're going to be on, on CBS or not uh, ABC, ABC or ESPN. Mm -hmm. And you're losing some really interesting characters from their on air talent. Now here's the problem. ESPN has been doing this for, for years. I mean, it's not the same ESPN that you and I grew up on and it's just weird, but um, as it relates to football, Specifically, the SEC, David Pollock. You keep Dave. You lose David Pollock, and you keep Lee Corso. How is that even possible? Yeah, I don't know, man. And look, we all—I think we both love Coach Corso, but it seems like it's been time. It's been time for a few years now, right? Well, I, I mean, I'm not saying you fire Lee Corso, but you you can you can really diminish his role and and you know make him kind of a. I, I don't know, man, but to lose David Pollock, I think you're losing a really solid commentator that brought a lot of energy, a lot of knowledge, a lot of credibility to the SEC coverage that they had. Correct. It just, Correct. I mean, and he would pick on OU as much as anybody else. I mean, not really. I, I thought he was always a really positive guy, or probably still is. But it's just, yeah. I don't know, that's a weird pick. And then also along the lines of college football is Todd McShay. How did they lose McShay? Yeah, that was surprising. And I'm gonna tell you, he's been doing it for a long time. And and here's the thing, right? If you're trying to lose somebody, uh, Kuiper doesn't still work. Is Kuiper still Mel Kuiper still? Yeah, oh yeah, he's still all over the draft. Uh Okay, I got to tell you, if I'm choosing to save money and want to go younger and leaner, and I want somebody that's willing to go on the road and cover games during the college football season, in addition to all the draft work and NFL work you do. Aren't you taking Todd McShay over Mel Kuyper? You would you would think so, man. You would think so. And uh yeah, like you said, not in addition to his draft stuff, he does all the he covers games on the road. He's sideline reporting, talks about the top prospects from each school while he's there, you know, where he's got them ranked in his uh in his draft ranking. So yeah, this is very surprising. Very well, surprising and- and I think it is. I think it's going to impact the coverage of ESPN on the SEC. I mean, here's the here's yeah. the problem. Here's the problem with the SEC or, or with the ESPN's coverage right now. Don't not even think about the ES. Not even think about where they're at the ES, SEC just right now. Yes, Herb Street and Fowler are fantastic. Like I, that's that's great. Okay, you correct me if I'm wrong. You drop even a rung lower on the network on the coverage that day on a, a particular game day. 
dude, it gets rough. You you run yeah. the risk of having dudes call games you've never even heard of. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, who was their second? Was it Joe Tessitor and and Greg McElroy? I think they do a pretty decent job. They did the River Shootout last year. Um, I like Tessitor. I like Tessitor. That's fine. Yeah. And McElroy's I think fine. McElroy does a good job. Yeah, he does a pretty good job. But he, again, there is a bit of a gap though between between first and second. For sure. uh, Dusty Dvorak is a, is one of those guys, and that's fine. But like his broadcast partners changed. Job, a, but his broadcast partners changed a couple times. It just hasn't been great. Robert Griffin the third is fine. Yeah, he just fine. doesn't bring that. He doesn't bring that gravitas yet. I think to a game. Yeah. So I I don't know, man. I just don't love their their coverage. I don't love after like I said, and and it was really apparent to Oklahoma fan when we stopped getting primetime games, right, and good games, and we're starting to fall down the pecking order last year as we as the losses mounted up. That you're yeah. getting recruiters you'd never heard. You'd get you were getting analysts and broadcasters you never even heard of, and they were terrible. Yeah, yeah this, especially the ESPN Plus ones. I mean, that was those were rough. Especially that was the Baylor one. Uh, is that, that the one? Was, that was. I know we had Ryan Leaf for one of them. I thought he was okay, but yeah, still. he was okay. But yeah, man. Other names, right? other names that don't necessarily um, hit hit us with college football, but I just find interesting. Jeff Van Gundy thoughts. You know, I always liked coach Van Gundy. I thought he did a really good job. So yeah, I, I was really surprised, man. I mean, you usually don't see guys like go who are just announcing the NBA finals. Right. You know, so now, he's on his their third broadcast team. He's the A-list guy. Okay. So he's the A-list guy. Now he's on, however, he's on with who, who's the other guy? Is it Breen? And, yeah, and um, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. And Mark, so your question might be, do you drop to two and just have Mark Jackson and Breen? Or do you add Doris Burke and make her the first woman to call for network television NBA Finals games? Listen, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think Doris Burke is fantastic at what she does. I look forward to watching games. I love her insight and knowledge and the way she explains things. I think she does a great job. So. I'd be fine with that. I do too. I like Van Gundy. You know, this is one of those deals, though. If 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 you're asking me to choose between Van Gundy and Doris Burke, oh, okay, yeah. uh, uh, all right, I can make that happen. Okay, how about this yeah. one though? I don't know. Maybe she's been there too long and her salary was really high. But I'm going to miss Susie Colbert. I love Susie Colbert on ESPN Net, NFL me coverage. Too. Me too. From NFL Live to the Monday Night Broadcast, yeah, she's done a great job for a long time. Uh, dudes that I am surprised lasted this long, Max Kellerman. That guy was a no-talent ass clown. Man, he's been there forever. I remember him when he was on ESPN back in the early 2000s, and then he left to, went to go to Fox for a while. They gave him his own show, which didn't work out. So they brought him yeah, back, he, and that's when he started doing the first take and stuff. I just don't think he's very good. I never thought he was yeah. very good. So, so to me, losing Max Kellerman is like, well, that should have been done a long time ago. And it didn't you even need to be the host of around the horn back in the day. Yes. I read a story. I read an excerpt about that, that they didn't like, they, they thought they would like him in around the horn, but because in around the horn, he was more of a facilitator and less of the personality. That's yeah, why they, the yeah, he was just a host and his job was to get the opinions from everybody else that that's why they moved him off of that. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, Whatever. Uh, the last two that we'll hit on 
or two, and then a, and then one that's staying that does have to do with college football. Uh, but two that we're going to hit on. I'm going to miss Jalen Rose, dude. Oh, me too. Yeah, I thought Jalen Rose was, was great. Um, I think that ESPN. I don't want to get too deep here. What time? Forty minutes into this, but that's okay. We get we can have a deeper conversation. I think ESPN continues to have a problem with how they address race and yet continue to market their product to their prime audience. Okay. So what I mean by that is their prime audience is becoming guys that look like me. Okay. In case you're not on YouTube, that is a 44 year old white guy who grew up on ESPN. That's who watches ESPN or who always watched it. Um, as the, as the entertainment world, you know, has changed, they've tried to become a more diverse and some say woke corporation, which has a, uh, unfortunate, um, consequence of sometimes maybe alienating said market. Okay. I think that's a real problem. Am I wrong? Do you think, do I at least acknowledge? Do you at least acknowledge that there's a problem with how that that there's a conflict there between those two? Yeah, their, their coverage of things has been a little bit, it's been a little weird. It can be hard to understand sometimes. Okay, all right. So we know that there's a problem. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. It doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying specifically with Jalen Rose, however, is that when he would address issues, I valued his opinion. Yeah. I was interested in what he said, and it was at oftentimes different than my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I thought he had a very good way of explaining it, of putting it in perspective, of explaining to somebody like me a different perspective, a different way of looking at things. Yeah. And so I mean, it's understand like, where he's coming from, even if I, don't necessarily agree. I, okay, I, I understood agree. and respected where he came from, right? Now, maybe it's because I think he was a really good basketball player and an underrated point guard in the NBA, right? I mean, there's all those things affect my bias, Kevin, if that makes sense. Yet at the same time, if ESPN is going to go woke, right, or whatever, why why are you picking people to let go of that actually garner the respect of the market you're trying to hold on to? Because I don't think I'm alone in that. I think if I asked any yeah. other mid forties white guy and I said, "Hey, what do you think of Jalen Rose?" First of all, he was a great point guard in the NBA. I think he's probably underrated. He was a member of the Fat Five. And when ESPN asked him to say something, it made a lot of sense what he said. But no, yeah. we're going to keep the loudmouth guys that have nothing that, that when they say stuff, they just piss you off. I'm, now I'm going to turn that over. I know that I just kind of o- opened the box there. Maybe well, please, please I, retort. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious as what to what they're their corporate plan is, you know, what are they trying to do? What kind of people are they trying to have? So are these layoffs going to result, result in them bringing in other people from other networks? Are they poaching Fox? What's going to happen with Shannon Sharp? You know, he left undisputed. The show he had with Skip Bayless sure. a few weeks ago. Are they bringing him in for something? You know, I'm just curious to how they rebound from all this, how they reshuffle some of their shows, right? Their college football coverage. They also, like you said, the NBA coverage now that Jalen Rose is gone. Also, um, who else? They lost. There are a well, couple other people. Keyshawn well, Johnson. They got rid of him. Keyshawn. But okay. But so, like with Keyshawn, I, maybe it's because 
watching him as a player, he was kind of a punk, at least in my mind. I, uh-huh. the, the, the respect for him was never really there. Like, okay, whatever Keyshawn says, I don't really care. You know, it's like, whatever. Yeah. Not that he's, I'm sure he's not a punk now. That's not what I'm saying, but it just didn't garner, you know, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But Jalen Rose, for every reason, hits me. Here's another one. It has nothing to do with the, the issue I just talked about. Steve Young. I can't believe they're getting rid of mm-hmm. Steve Young. People love Steve Young on there. Yeah, he's been there forever. Yeah, it was he been t- 22 years, it says. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was really good. Yeah, he's a really smart guy. What is he? He's an attorney, isn't he? Uh, yeah. 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 So yeah. And I, I was surprised about Max Kellerman too. Yeah, I know you don't like him and everything, but I was just surprised. And Neil Everett. Neil Everett's been there for today? years, year, 20 yeah. plus years, him too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you end up getting your salaries bloated and 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 then you know that makes it hard and difficult to do whatever, but I don't know, just finds out. Okay, last person though that is staying that directly affects the college football coverage. I don't you and I don't talk about him very much. I'm not even gonna say my thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts first. Pat McAfee. He's getting a much much more enhanced role at ESPN. You know, I think he's a I think he's a really funny guy and I think his show was really good even before it was on ESPN. Yeah, I like Pat McAfee a lot. I can't stand him. <laughs> I, cannot stand, I cannot stand him. Oh. Did you say some things about OU that you didn't like? Or, no, or just, it's not, no, it's just his general count. It's just him. It's just him. It's the weird antics he does. He's a little bit different on – he's weird. He, he can be a little weird on um, when he's on game day. But his yes. actual show, if you ever watch his actual show, he's pretty cool on there. And he okay. has some pretty good guests and stuff. Well, I know that for years, right, Aaron Rodgers and him were buds. I mean, that's – and in, in many ways, that's what solidified him as kind of a, an authority on, to be able to speak on on sports sure, as, yeah. as much as he Aaron has. Rodgers is really picky about who he does interviews with. You know what? I appreciate – come on there so often. I appreciate that advice because you are exactly right. My thoughts of Pat McAfee are what I've seen on game day or what I've seen um, in his limited roles – uh, interacting with other uh, ESPN anchors, I, I probably need to give him a little bit of a uh, time in the in the uh, in, on his own show. Yeah, he does he does a good job, man. And for him to be a punter, I think he has a great personality on. And I think he knew his role, and he he doesn't act like he was a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, but, you know, he's been in a locker room, and he has such a unique perspective about it from being a punter. So you kind of never really included in all the team stuff. So he sees it from an outsider, but from inside the locker room. Okay. So perspective on on that is, is very unique. Okay, so to your point, you you asked a really good question. Is you, you in a lot of these uh, layoffs, you don't know what the what the what the strategy is yet. If the strategy is lose David Pollock and McShay and pick up McAfee, is that a net win for ESPN? I think it could be because of his personality. He's got a dynamic personality, and I think he'll bring a different set of um, of eyeballs to the network. You know, and his deal was kind of set up for streaming. So I think it's kind of more geared toward a younger audience, maybe a 30s to early 40s type audience. So I know I think he's going to do a good job. I think he's going to do a really good job. Um, I don't know. It seems pretty weird to me. Uh, real quick, our title sponsor, Brown O'Haver. Uh, they work for the insured, not the insurance company. Um. Two weekends ago was Father's Day, and the Tulsa area got lit up by straight line winds. It was one. Of, it was a very, very weird storm. 
Uh, Kevin was up in the Tulsa area for over a week. Uh, we've had somebody from our office in Tulsa over the last two weeks there every single day. We're going to continue to be there. If anybody's been impacted by storm damage and needs some insurance claim help, please call 405-735-5510 or check us out at brownohaver.com. Kevin, uh, what else you got going on? Not much, man. Just um, excited for the 4th. It's always a fun day. Fireworks, food, family. Good times, man. Um, here's the problem. Okay, I didn't want to bring this up, but you brought up fireworks. You tell me if I'm wrong. I love fireworks on the 4th of July. Okay? I mean, dude, how American? I'm the most American person you're going to meet. I, I got, uh, I'm going to go to an air show where I'm going to watch the Blue Angels. Uh, I watched the Memphis Bell last night with my daughter. Just it got me fired up about our victories uh, in Western Europe in the early 1940s. I, I love America. Okay. But when it comes to fireworks, I really just want them on the fourth. Okay. I want them on the fourth. But it feels like on a weekend like this that starts on a Saturday and the fourth isn't until Tuesday that you have to yeah. hear fireworks outside your house for four straight days. And I got to tell you, I don't love it. Okay. I haven't heard any yet. Well, you're in the city, though. You're in the city. Exactly. Yeah. I was driving and on downtown, and we were on I-44, and from there, we could see a few displays going off randomly around the city last night. So, yeah, man. It, it, it is weird, right? Because not everybody, a lot of places will have their displays on the Saturday and Sunday leading up to the 4th. So, so like our neighborhood, like our neighborhood will is doing an official shooting of fireworks in the neighborhood today, tonight. Okay. But then, you know, on, on, on Tuesday, everybody else can be shooting like crazy tons of fire. I'm like, Oh my God, can we just like have a rest with fire? And is that me just being a grumpy old, am I just a grumpy old man? Is that the problem? Should I love fireworks every day of my life? Yeah. No, no, not, not every day. Not every day but I think this whole weekend, I think, I think everybody gets a pass for this weekend. So basically, you I, are you a fireworks guy? Like, do, do you like to set your own off or you just kind of just sit back? Our, and our family uh, will all gather at my parents' house. Um, they live in a neighborhood in Moore, but it's outside. It's on the east side of Sooner. And um, they we will shoot a tremendous amount of fireworks. Um, Alice Young buys fireworks like you only you can anticipate only you can imagine alice young buying fireworks i mean she goes all out How it is insane yet or, or are you is this oh no no tonight or tomorrow no 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 her her strategy is to do a 6 p.m purchase of fireworks on the fourth she believes no she believes that they want to get rid of their fireworks right because the next time you're likely to have a real big firework day, right, is maybe New Year's Eve, right? Yeah, so exactly. she's thinking they're wanting to clear out some inventory, liquidate, make her a deal. Nobody loves a deal more than Alice. So she goes with the kids 6 p.m. on the 4th because uh, there's right up here on Sooner Road by where I live is like four or five stands, like right in a row. And she hits all of them and she buys the big boxes, but she just really works them down. She really, really, really works them down. It's pretty impressive, actually. We get a crap ton of fireworks, and yes, we shoot them. And I'm the guy that has to do it, right? I'm the I'm the dad and the uncle that is in charge of the fireworks show, and I take that responsibility very seriously. I just don't want to have to listen to him for the next four days, but that's all right. That's okay. I don't like Matt, Pat McAfee 
and I don't like fireworks. So I don't know. What else is there? It's kind of un-American. One last uh, update on our lives. I need to hear about the yard. How are we looking now? Uh, How will the yard look for the 4th of July? Okay, man, I got to get some work in. See, I I was gone all this week, so I didn't get to mow or anything. So as soon as we finish up here, I got to mow. I got to get down. I got a fast release fertilizer I'm putting down on it. So by... Tuesday, it should kick in and it should be looking great for the fourth. So, is it sketchy right now? It's not ske- well sketchy for me because you know I mow usually no more than every three days, and I haven't mowed since last weekend, since uh, last Sunday. Actually, no, we've I did Monday. We've had a little Monday. rain, but nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. You should be okay. Now, will you will you mow it in multiple cuts now because it's a little long? Will you go like a little higher and come back a little lower? Or are you just going to go one? I don't think I have to because um, I use a product called plant growth regulator that I spray on it. And basically it makes it grow slower. So even though it's been about a week, it looks like a normal yard would look after three days, maybe. Wow. Okay. First of all, this is, (laughs) we should have led with this. This is amazing. I've never heard this term before. You okay? So you, in addition to fertilizing to encourage growth, you then inhibit it with a growth. What do you call it? Plant growth regulator. So yeah, so I have this cocktail that I make into my spreader. It's a liquid iron product, so it doesn't have a ton of nitrogen. It's the nitrogen that pushes the growth. Okay, right, right. This yeah, it's the, that I use. Nitri- nitri- nitrogen is the is the anabolic steroids of 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 Correct. Grass growth. It doesn't gotcha. have high nitrogen, so it doesn't cause it to grow. But it has micronutrients and it has iron. That's what gives you that deep green color in it. So I I mix that. Okay, it's fertilizer, but it's low nitrogen, so it doesn't push growth, but it pushes color. And then I also mix in the plant growth regulator that makes it grow a little bit slower, and so you don't have to come out and mow because when you mow low, you have to mow often. So instead yes. of having to mow every two days, I can space it out to three or even four days, and it's fine. Kevin, this is amazing. Can we? Uh, okay, look, I, I was. You're not prepared to do this. You don't have to do this. And if you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. Could we get a? Can, I see you're looking out the window. Can we get a shot of the yard, or do you want to wait until it's mowed? I'm not. I'm not in a good spot to see it. But here's what I'll do. Will you put it on Twitter? Will you put yeah, it on Twitter after you mow it? After you mow it. Correct. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So I've got I've got five acres and I mow about two two and a half acres. Like I keep two and a half acres taken care of. It's a struggle this year for whatever reason. I've got some spots in them. Got a little bit of weeds. Um, I'm working on it though. I got a plan. I also here's the other problem though. I have a pond. It's not a very big pond. And before people ask on Twitter, is it stocked? It is not stocked unless you count turtles and frogs. I got tons of turtles and frogs. But I've never wanted a pool. Okay, because I don't want to have to take care of a pool. I don't want to skim it. I don't want to treat it with the chemicals. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Like it just looks like a real pain in the ass. But here's the problem: this pond, I am now starting to take care of it like a, like somebody takes care of a, a pool. I'm out there with solutions and granules and copper sulfate, and it's like every three days. I'm just throwing stuff in it, trying whatever I can. I got a scum right now that I can't get off. I got a, a thin layer of scum on top. I've got vegetation in it. It's um, I'm having one of the hardest lawn care summers, maybe of my life. Maybe my life. See, I there's no way I can do five acres 
or even even Mo two, right? I, my lawn is small. It's like five, six thousand square feet. Yeah, but it's gorgeous, so, dude. I can attest, even without the picture. I'm telling you guys, when this thing goes up on Twitter, you are going to be texting him and tweeting him for tips and care advice. It's fantastic. Kevin Miller is he's a magician, folks, and you will be fired up. All right, dude. Listen, have a great Fourth of July. Great rest of your weekend, and enjoy the endless hours of fireworks. And yes, we'll talk Let's next time. Boomer. Okay.